0: Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Hope you're doing well, my Texas friends out there, as the weather gets a little bit getting a little bit chillier. I got caught off guard this morning, as a matter of fact, walking out the door. But don't worry. As we say, if you don't like the weather in Texas, just wait a few minutes. It'll change. But hey, this is not a show about the weather. We talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom as they relate to the cultures, uh, excuse me, of the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. This is a weekly radio show, but we're also broadcasting out of our new studio here at our office at 900 Congress, two blocks from the Texas Capitol. So if you're watching on Facebook or social media, like this, share it, put it in some groups. We're going to go for about 26 minutes, and we're going to have a very important and meaningful conversations. As a matter of fact, there's a national and sort of a state and local role and aspect that uh, today's segment is going to have. We're going to be talking about what's happening at the U.S. Supreme Court, what's going on the pro-life issue with our good friend Kristen Hawkins. And in the second half, we're going to talk about what's happening at the State Board of Education on some crazy, graphic, obscene, uh, explicit material that some people want to put in textbooks in our Texas public schools, stuff that is pro-abortion that relates to some other issues of Sexuality. And it's just not suitable and appropriate for middle school and high school students. But that'll be in the second half. But I want to get things started off here quickly so we can get a a good bit of time for our national guest today. Kristen Hawkins is the president of Students for Life of America and also for Students Life Action. She has her bachelor's degree from Bethany College. She's had two presidential appointments um, doing work with George W. Bush and also serving candidate role with President Donald Trump on his pro-life advisory council and has done work. For many years in on pro life work and leads one of the largest organizations across the country when it comes to life issues. Kristen, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Thanks for having
1: me on today, Jonathan.
0: You bet. Well, look, it's good to have a conversation that's timely. Uh, we'll probably see each other mm-hmm. in person in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and that's because on December first, there is going to be oral arguments for a very important case coming out of the state of Mississippi. This is a pro life case that relates to a state law out of the state of Mississippi. I'll let you set that up in just a minute, but the, there's going to be oral arguments. I was just just at the Supreme court a couple of weeks ago when the Texas heartbeat law was up that's right. was going on but there's a lot of activity right now a lot of discussion right now not only what's going to happen in these court cases but you know what's going to happen after roe versus wade is overturned a lot of mm. people expecting that to happen there's a national review a magazine article that's out talking a lot about this but you know a lot of this is the result of some of the work that you do so talk to us a little bit tell us a little bit about students for life and then let's get into the heart of the discussion of what we think we might see on december 1st sure well
1: students for life is a national organization we long- full-time about 15 years ago. We currently have the honor of serving more than 1,300 groups in college, high schools uh, across the country in all 50 states. We've trained about 130,000 young people since we launched. And really, you know, we call ourselves the pro-life generation. You've probably seen our signs out there at Austin. Um, For multiple times this year, we were there holding rallies at the Supreme Court. We were there two weeks ago uh, when there was the emergency hearing as well. But we're really more than just a pro-life generation. We're actually the post-road generation, and we firmly believe that. So, everything that we focus on doing at Students for Life, the, the trainings that we offer, the changes we're making on our campuses, the advocacy work we're doing at the 50 state capitals, it's all about preparing for this moment that we all know is very near, which is the reversal of Roe versus Wade, sending the decision of abortion legality back to the states.
0: Yeah, look, and, and there's a lot of discussion about that issue. And mm-hmm. A big part of that is because of the Texas heartbeat law, but in large part because mm-hmm. there's this case coming out of Mississippi, the Dobbs cases we're calling this. Talk to us a little bit about what that state law is. Is and what you think the, the arguments are or the discussion is at it, as it sets up for a hearing at the U.S. Supreme Court on December 1st.
1: Yes, I was just like Justin Jackson. I just interviewed the Attorney General uh, uh, Lynn Finch who will be arguing before the Supreme Court for my podcast. And, you know, it's it's an interesting case because this is the first case that the court has taken up that is addressing what's called a pre-viability ban on abortions. With the Casey decision, the second most consequential, you know, decision we have in abortion case law, the, the court said that they they, you know, states had the ability to restrict abortions post viability, which right now uh, is considered about 24 weeks. This Mississippi law bans abortions at 15 weeks, So we know children can feel excruciating pain. And how the abortions are actually being committed using a dismemberment technique because they're actually at this at that point in pregnancy too large to be sucked through the cannula, where they actually have to be dismembered limb by limb. Um, and so, this is a, a major decision that we're expecting. And the AG of Mississippi, the Attorney General has directly asked that the court not only uphold this Mississippi law, but go further and review, return, and reverse Roe versus Wade.
0: Yeah, look, and that's significant. And, you know, I think a lot of people are not aware of some of the details as it relates to an unborn child. You know, you talked about when a child feels pain. I was a student for life at one point before I think it was quite as organized as it is when I was a student at the University of Houston. And as a matter of fact, Mm -hmm. we had an event on our campus, ended up turning into a lawsuit that Alliance Defending Freedom was involved in. So our organization sued the University of Houston. I was the only member of the group at one point that the, the environment became so hostile but we were able to share information with young students we ended up winning that lawsuit but it's critical and, and when you talk about some of the stuff the discussion about the texas heartbeat law a lot of people are not aware that a baby's heart can start beating it at five weeks maybe a little bit before that sometimes and so i think as people learn more about that and, and you mentioned that right yeah. that a baby can feel pain in the womb you and i probably are sometimes maybe surprised that people don't already know some of these things or maybe not but that's the reality the more that we have learned about yeah about the unborn child, I think that has also allowed more people to be in a position of support and an understanding of why these types of law out in Mississippi and the the one in Texas and others are so important. And it says something about who we are as a society, what we say can be acceptable in law. So talk to us, I mean, what do you, you you know, December 1st is the hearing though, and that's not like a decision that day and we don't expect that. It's usually not how it works, but um, what what are you thinking about? I mean, let's talk about what you think the environment's gonna look like, all right, outside the court. Room because they're only mm. letting or the only letting lawyers in at this point that are actually arguing yes. so that's even a limited right. amount of people that go in but what do you think it's going to be look look like when we're there on December first?
1: Well, students for life has been out in front of the Supreme Court for uh, every single abortion case since 2006 and so we often we camp we camp out the night before to pray and then to reserve the rally space you actually have to like reserve the space you can't do that in advance so we actually have to use our bodies to reserve that space so we'll be out there actually the night before with our students trading off. Every couple hours, and then we'll be there the entire day. And so, we've already know from the abortion lobbying what we've seen you know, just being out to the front of the court for the confirmation hearings of uh, Justice Amy Coney Barrett, just the violence that we experienced. We had a staff member that was on our first day of work was punched in the face and we were Goodness spit upon man. our cell phones were stolen we were there at the women's march just a couple weeks ago at the supreme court uh, back in october and it was unbelievable what was happening so uh, we de- definitely expect um those who advocate for abortion are very desperate and they're very uh, and as you all have seen firsthand in texas uh when folks get desperate uh they feel like they have nothing left to lose and so the behavior just becomes incredible and you have a lot of, of women who are suffering uh, d- uh from an abortion decision that They've made in their life, Uh, and so that makes them even more angry that someone would be out there advocating against abortion. And so we know it's going to be hostile out there. Uh, We had um, the last Supreme Court hearing; I had a group of witches following me around. So we actually are encouraging uh, pastors, uh, priests, to come out and join us for spiritual protection. Uh, We will be there documenting the entire um, um, scene as it unfolds. There's a lot of pro-life leaders. I'm sure you'll be there speaking. Uh, We've got a lot of folks coming and sharing their stories, Um, but. We're going to be showing the media, showing, really creating that national narrative that we are ready. As a pro-life movement, this is what we've been fighting for for 50 years. We've been working towards a post-World America, and we are eager uh, for this day to happen. And when it does happen, when this Dobbs decision comes down in June, we already know what our marching orders have to be to move state by state to make abortion illegal and unthinkable.
0: Well, look, I'm going to be there on December 1st, and I hope to have an opportunity to talk about the experience that we're seeing in Texas, how things are going since the heartbeat law has been in effect for over two months. We estimate that over 11,000 lives have been saved because just about all the abortion entities are saying that they've stopped doing them because the law is in effect. So that's an estimate based on 50,000 abortions that are performed in Texas based on the uh, 2019 statistics. So about 150 a day. And I was there on November 1st. And, you know, there weren't as many people. There are going to be more people on December 1st than there were on November 1st. Absolutely. So, um, and it was, you know, I didn't experience it as hostile. There was a lot of, uh, um, you know, th- there was a lot of raised voices. But, but I do expect a different environment on December 1st because you're Best. absolutely right. I've absolutely. been in an environment before like that because the Texas case came up pretty quickly. This has been on the calendar okay. for a while. And okay. I've seen it here in Texas absolutely, where people get desperate, they get aggressive and hostile. We always have law enforcement or security with us these days, because, you know, people just sometimes lose their minds. And and I don't want to take that risk. But I don't want people, I don't want us to ever be in a position where we feel like, well, I don't want to be in this environment. So you bring security, but you also be prepared that sometimes those things might happen and and not to um, have it sneak up on you. But even more reason to have support there, That people that are reasonable, that are going to pray, and all those different things that really matter and round out this movement. One of the things that's important to know is in the state of Texas, there are close to 400 pregnancy resource centers. we got a great website set up on this information, TexasHeartBeatLaw.com. But Kristen, you and I know, talking about a a post-row environment, that Mm -hmm. such a
1: key to this
0: is people and entities and efforts around the country that are there to support, to protect, and to help women and families as they go through this process. And not just when they're pregnant, but after the baby's born as well. Talk to us a little bit about that and what you're seeing.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is often accusation that gets waged at the pro-life movement when I'm on campuses of, you know, you're, you're, you just want to ban abortions. You want to control women's bodies and you don't care about women or children after they're born, which at, what the legislators did there in Texas, for example, is a prime example of how much we actually do care. This funding for the Alternatives for Abortion Act there's more than $100 million put into this fund. Um, and that was significant. That was that was a huge moment for the pro-life movement to have that sample. Um, but we we know across the country, you know, with more than 2,500 pregnancies, almost 3,000 pregnancy centers wow. across the country, um, we are ready and we're already set up in the communities. At Students for Life, we have a website called Standing With You, where any woman on campus can go and get the information that's on her campus, that's in her local community. We're, we're ready. What we have noticed at Students for Life, we've been door knocking in 20 key cities. Dallas is one of them since April. And we've knocked about seven Thousand doors, and we're not doing this for political reasons or politicians, sure. we're just knocking to inform neighbors about the violence happening inside the abortion facilities and the non violent alternatives. And it is stunning, Jonathan. More than 85% of the neighbors we speak with have no idea the pregnancy centers exist. And that to me is our biggest challenge in the pro life movement is that we're ready. We have the resources, but we haven't communicated that out to the rest of America. And that's really where I see in the next few months we've got to focus on.
0: It's got to be key. No, there's no doubt. And and give us your main website uh, before we switch gears and go to some work we're doing at the state level that we want to talk about. What's the main website for Students for Life?
1: You can go to studentsforlife.org. If you want to know what we're doing with door knocking in cities like in Dallas, you can go to abortionfreecities.org as well and get your church signed up to even join us.
0: All right. Very easy. Spell it out or just spell out the words and you type them in studentsforlife.org. Kristen Hawkins, president of Students for Life and Students for Life Action, has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thank you, Kristen.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Well, look, timely information. That's what we try to do on the Texas Values Report. I will be in D.C. in a couple of weeks on December 1st. It's going to be a very, very important moment and a very important time and effort there at the U.S. Supreme Court. I'm looking forward to it. You know, as a lawyer, I always get excited about going up to the U.S. Supreme Court. um, And I'm glad that we're going to have so many friends there. So uh, just stay up to date with some updates for us on that. But I want to switch gears and talk about what's happening at the State Board of Education. And I think we're going to try to bring in Mary Elizabeth from our team Either she's going to come in the studio with me, or she's going to come in by Zoom. Uh, we're trying to figure that out. So I'm going to start the conversation, and then if she kind of hustles in, uh, you'll know why. But uh, look, all week the State Board of Education has been holding meetings here in Texas. All right, this is something that Texas Values has worked on since I've been start since I started the organization in 2012 and 2013. We've always had that role at the State Board of Education, and so all right, we need to, but we're going to need. In order to do this, we're going to need to have another chair here for Mary Elizabeth um, right outside the room. She'll bring one in. So she is our senior policy advisor for Texas Values. I'm going to move over here a little bit so we can make some room for her. And, you know, look, I mean, um, the State Board of Education has already had a hearing earlier this week. And then where we're at right now is, if you're watching on Facebook Thursday, on Friday they're going to take a vote on this. They've already had – The hearings on this, Mary Elizabeth, we've presented testimony and I'm just going to set up where we are. Okay, there are two books that the board has already voted against that we were heavily against that were of major concern. That's Lesson B and Human Kinetics. They were graphic. uh, They promoted abortion issues or one of them did. Um, They were also way out of line as it related to LGBT issues. Those have already been voted down, but they need to have a final vote on Friday. That's Lesson B in Human Kinetics. So we've been heavily against them. We thought there might be an opportunity for the Goodhart Wilcox um, textbook to move forward. And we had put something out suggesting that it was generally suitable, but there were some changes that need to be made. And we were, you know, the expectation was out of, I don't know, hundreds of pages of a textbook, you know, two or three pages of content should not have been that hard to change. But, um, you know, at this point, um the goodheart wilcox publishers have not agreed to make some of those changes and one of those sections relates to the use of condoms i don't even know if i want to get into the discussion of what it says because you might not be ready for that there might be some kids watching but they use words and phrases that we feel like the textbook language as it currently stands that could lead to lessons where they're going to be teaching kids how to put them on. They're going to do demonstrations and, or, or that's, that could be um, the way it's interpreted. So, and we're talking about middle school. So at this point, we're not in a position to support the Good Heart Wilcox textbook and that's really the only one left. They've already approved the Quaver one. Um, we really did not involve ourselves in the discussion on that one, but lesson B and human kinetics have already been voted down. Friday is going to be a big day, right? I mean, well, tell us what, um, you know, what else do we need to know as we set up and how can people get involved?
2: Yeah, so you still have time to contact the board and we've put out that email address. So Friday will be the final vote. Since Goodhart Wilcox had an opportunity to make changes, like Jonathan said, up until 5 p.m., uh, they will present the changes that we, you know, aren't really satisfied with tomorrow to the board. And so they will have that final vote on Goodhart Wilcox. They'll also approve uh, a sec- for a second vote, Quaver Ed, but they'll have that final vote with the unsatisfactory changes on Goodhart Wilcox. So you still have time to let the board know how you're unhappy with that, and you want them to vote no on Goodhart Wilcox. So,
0: and and look, there's a couple changes that the Goodhart Wilcox publishers have made. They've included some language making sure parents are the ones that are talked about or that being an option. And they've taken out some other stuff as it relates to drug-based sex education and drugs that we think are, you know, an appropriate for middle school students and high school students to be learning about because it could suggest to them that, you know, this is a fine option to consider. Uh, But the other one on the use of condoms and some of the graphic language that goes against it was also something we testified about. We had some conversations with privately in hopes and in good faith that that would be enough to get this done it hasn't been and so we cannot support the good heart wilcox textbook as it stands and that really leaves the the state board of education in a position where the really the three big ones they're not gonna they're not gonna move forward now two of them absolutely could not move forward and there was no way to salvage them but there was this five o'clock deadline that um that they had for yesterday but my understanding mary elizabeth is that doesn't mean that Um, the textbook publishers like Goodheart Wilcox could still not make some changes by Friday. We would love to still see that happen. And so I think that opportunity still exists. So if people call and we get enough people calling saying we can, you know, we're against the Goodheart Wilcox textbook because they refuse to make the changes as it relates to this section about condoms and other methods. Um, But they might, you know, if they make changes by Friday before they vote, um, this textbook could move forward. Otherwise they're done, you know, and, um, but I do think it's important because, and lay this out for us. What would that mean now for school districts? What choices would they have if um, the two that are already down stay down and then Goodhart Wilcox um, doesn't make those changes and they get voted down as well?
2: So the only book they did approve was Quay Bread, which is kindergarten through fifth grade. So when it comes to middle school and high school, sex ed, health uh, textbooks, that means districts will pretty much be left on their own to choose what type of materials that they have now the bad side of that is that they could choose extreme materials like you saw austin isd choose canadian materials but the positive other side of that is that they could choose very good materials um like worth the weight um and some other programs uh, that you know promote abstinence but they don't have a chance to present a bid because they don't really have a publishing company or that type of money to submit a bid to the sboe but they're good programs that the district can choose
0: well i think that's important for people to know this means school districts they will still have the option to have instructional materials if they want to remember school districts are not required to teach sex education okay just so everyone knows state law does not require it to be taught but if it is taught it has to be abstinence focused it has to be abstinence first State law, and this is what we mentioned to the Goodhart Wilcox publishers and others, does not require specific language and discussion about things such as condoms and how they're used and how you put them on certain parts of your body. That's what they're currently proposing. It's not necessary, nor is it required in order to meet our state standards. So school districts can decide on their own. I want to get a different instructional material. Now, being on that approved list, which is what they're going to vote on Friday and what their, you know, the discussions revolved around this week does typically lead to a textbook publisher more likely to getting purchased by a school district. So that's why it matters. Um, And so this will put Goodhart Wilcox in a position where they're unlikely to get a whole lot of their stuff purchased, and it's unlikely to be used in other states. But that also is why it's been a concern of us to make sure it's done the right way. And there's still some things, you know, if we had written it, we might write it a little bit differently, but overall, we thought there was an opportunity, but a couple of these sections had to be changed. And so if they continue to be unwilling to do that, um, there's no way that our organization can support something like that, and it's even even still, it's not a glowing endorsement. We're simply saying, you know, we wouldn't get in the way of this, or you know, we'd have a view that that it's generally suitable, but not to suggest it's the only option that school districts can can um, can consider. But we're going to send an email update about that. Still time for people to act. I mean, call, text, send messages. This is an elected state board of education that is eight seven. All right. Eight Republicans, seven Democrats. And I'm not suggesting these issues have to fall on party lines, but oftentimes they do.
2: Yeah, that's very true. But you saw that with the health teaks. These issues did sort of fall on party lines, especially when it came to the more comprehensive radical sex ed issues in the health teaks. Uh, Those votes were on party lines. And so we even have I think, a possible election for State Board of Education members in the future. So it's very important that they know that they're listening to the parents, uh, which are their constituents in their SBOE districts, um, and that they hold true to having good, healthy standards uh, for kids in Texas. Well,
0: look, and there are a lot of, you know, uh, conservative and, and, and Republican voices out there. That um, has expressed concern for all four of the textbooks. We've seen a lot of emails, a lot of people saying, vote them all down. Right. And so if you're an elected member of the State Board of Education and, you know, a lot of that's coming from people that I would consider probably probably vote Republican or conservative leaning. Right. Uh, The Texas Freedom Caucus put out a letter and a lot of other entities But if you've got, if you're an elected State Board of Education member and you're Republican, you're getting pressure already to vote all four of them down. So they're already, you know, going to have some explaining to have to do to say that we approved one of them and to put themselves in a position where now they're going to have to explain on another one and they're going to have to get into a discussion about um, while they were okay with some graphic language relating to the use and the function and the way that condoms work, that could lead to demonstrations in classrooms of how these things work for middle school students. We're talking about sixth grade. We're talking as young as eleven, maybe in ten years old. Um, I think that's going to be very difficult. But it does appear that the publishers still have some time to address this. Goodhart Wilcox, if they, you know, whether they will, I don't know. They haven't seemed willing to so far, and that's why we're not in a position. Uh, to support it. Even though we had some language suggesting we were leaning in that direction, um, you know, we, we thought we were going to get uh, a change here that would matter, and that's not happened. And so I think that's important for people to know that. The time is now. Call, email, text, get in touch with your elected officials. You may not know who your State Board of Education member is, right? But if you get our, our email, you'll get connected to them directly.
2: That's right. And uh, you can go to the website, State Board of Education website, to learn all the different members. And they even have their party affiliation on there as well, Uh, but I think this also leads to a different conversation of just how parents, you know, should get involved. Uh, You know, if this textbook is chosen or not, you will have to be careful and be watchful of what your school district is choosing. Uh, Make sure uh, you have an opportunity to review those materials, which is now in state law, um, and that you have an opportunity to give public comment on those materials, which is now in state law. And it's very important to know that sex ed in the state of Texas is now opt in bingo thanks to hb 1525 uh the school finance bill that had that amendment that said sex ed is now opt in so that's a very good thing that it's not you know going to be some kind of slip that goes missing in your child's backpack now you have to actually give permission for the school to teach your child sex education
0: yeah and i think that's also in my opinion um you know if pressure is the right word that that has changed the circumstances for publishers Uh, They used to be in a position where it's going to be taught to someone, you know, one way or another. Now, that's limited in a lot of ways. Parents are in more control. They have more power. And so the publisher should be listening to parents. They should be listening to organizations like us that speak on behalf a lot of times of parents on these situations to know you've got a higher standard you've got to meet now if you want the students to be using your textbooks and you want to have confidence in your school district that they're going to purchase them because now you really have to win them over, right? It's opt in. And that does change the dynamics a lot other than typically it's, Oh, everyone's going to learn it because how many parents remember, or how often is it done that they send something in and then their kid is singled out. They're the one kid or the few kids in the classroom. And so the dynamic has changed. And I think that's even more reason why these publishers should be responsive to the concerns that we've had. And a lot of people have, and some people, they don't care what changes are made, right? They've seen too much that it's concerned them that, um, that they want them all voted down. So we'll see how this plays out, but still time for people to get involved. We're going to be there. We'll have a presence there tomorrow on Friday, whenever you're watching this uh, November 19th, to make things to, to report to you, but also to continue to have that communication and presence on a very critical vote that I think a lot of people are watching. Um, so check our website, txvalues.org for some updates. Mary Elizabeth, one last comment. There were a lot of people there on Tuesday and many of them, we're, were concerned across the board of a lot of these instructional materials and textbooks. I, I was encouraged, I didn't see a lot of the other side. Um, and so I was encouraged that you know, that more and more people are recognizing the value of their voice. And, and you know, frankly, with all the construction around the Travis um, building, it's a miracle anybody got in there, okay? But to see so many of them come out and, and have their voice heard, or at least take that opportunity to go to the mic and speak up. Because we know how important it is to show up.
2: Yeah, it's very encouraging because if you did participate in the Teaks testimony, we were quite outnumbered at times by the opposition. And the opposition this time... Was, earlier this year. Yeah, earlier yeah. this year and even in 2020. But, you know, it's it's encouraging to see more people who want healthy standards, who want abstinence-focused standards for children to come out and speak. Um, because we know that this was like their last ditch effort to get radical sex ed textbooks, and they were pretty confident because they had two really radical textbooks on that list. Oh my gosh, they were radical. So it's really encouraging to see uh, more people uh, who really care about children and on our side come to the state board and testify. And
0: real quick as a reminder, what was the vote on uh, lesson Being Human Connects? Was it close? Uh,
2: It was not close. I think there were only six, four, um, and that's Okay. close to party lines. I
0: mean, but still my point is yeah. let's not take for granted. We still need to get those voted down one last time on Friday, less than right. being human kinetics. So um, so, so, don't forget exactly. about those two textbooks that are concerned. Hey, look, if you see value in the work we're doing, check out our website, txvalues.org, make a tax deductible donation today. And we've got some great events coming up. All right. On December 8th, we're going to have a luncheon in the Plano, North Texas, Dallas, Fort Worth area. Still tickets for that. December 14th, I believe, we're going to be in San Antonio. I don't even think this has been announced yet, but on December 15th, we're going to be just north of Houston in the Woodlands and Conroe area. So some great events where we're going to update people on what's happening, what happened during the legislative session, what happened in the State Board of Education meetings, what's going to happen at the U.S. Supreme Court, what's the latest on the Texas heartbeat law, and probably celebrate a little good uh, Christmas cheer as well. But there's still a chance to do that. You can't make it to those events. You want to support the work we do? We need your help before the end of the year. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Go to txvalues.org, make that tax deductible donation today so you can help us protect faith, family, and freedom in the state of Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.